Welcome, 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 chillin'. What's, What's happening, y'all? We're a little late, but we're here. Come on in the room, chillin's. We're here. Come on, come on. This I know is, y'all see us. This is the most authentic Sunday night service ever. The one that starts 40 minutes late. <laughs> it's a real Sunday night service. We smell like fried chicken. I'm, I'm going to get my shares in. Yeah, I think we got a turnover. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm watching the game. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm only halfway here. <laughs> I'm only halfway here. What's up, Pastor Jeff? What's going on I with you? I suppose my mother-in-law probably ain't watching tonight either. No, nah, man. She, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. She's through. She's finished. Uh, what's hey, happening, man? Man, first of all, I'm going to tell everybody what's happening. I'm going to start with this. Everybody tune in and uh, like, share, and do all that good stuff. If you're in, say hi. Say what's up. Hey, Sister Nita, uh, Pastor, my man Rashad, good to see you. It's so good to see y'all. Yes, I'm just going to start this off the best way I know how. And I shout out my friend and brother, Pastor Jeff Stanford, who did a phenomenal job tonight at the Martin Luther King Day service for the Trumbull County Interdenominational. That's a big word, y'all. Ministerial Alliance service. I mean, uh, we had to do a virtual, just some pastors and pastors' wives uh, and worship group that, that shared tonight. But you did a phenomenal job. Pastor Jeff preached on Stop Stepping Around Stuff. Now listen, Jeff can do all those alliterations and all them same letters because <laughs> my little tongue-tied self, you know, I got to be careful what I do. Stop <laughs> stepping around stuff. You know, the points were right on target with what we're dealing with, what we're going through, and it was a challenge to clergy about, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Davis says, y'all always start with what's up, what's up, we just a little late. <laughs> we just a little late. A little late, 45 minutes. <laughs> but he hit it. He hit it, man. He hit it. And I'm proud of you. Uh, you represented well your church, thank you, thank you, our thank community. You. And you, rep- you represented Rip well. And I'm, I, you know what? You, you need to add us to your bio, man. You know, I was you're waiting. Right. You're right. You're right. You're, you know, we never, they never asked me for a bio and he kind of forgot. So, but I mean, it's all good. You, you know, I mean, bios. I only, we only bios no more, especially after I read, uh, Dr. McMickelson's. Yeah, uh, McMickel's bio. This cat was I'm like, like, don't say nothing about me. Just say I'm Jeff and I pastor somewhere. This cat taught Jesus about the Bible. He, uh, <laughs> he wrote the Ten Commandments. You got to give it up to him, though, man. That brother. Woo. Dr. Marvin McMickle is the truth. Oh, my good McMickle. Okay, I'm sorry. I I've always like, known oh. he was the truth. But, you know, to hear the truth be the truth. Sometimes people got to remind, like Jordan or LeBron or somebody, they got to remind you why they are who they and, are. And he sat down, was real calm mannered, and I mean, that was just, his literally, just killing. literally killed it. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, man, yeah. But, but yeah, I was, I was uh, extremely grateful for our service. I think the whole service went well. I was, uh, I was kind of distracted by my wife's Wakanda dress. Listen, um, yes, she was. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was kind of distracted. Tiff- I was like, let me hurry up and get through with this sermon. Let me. Tiffany looked lovely, uh, you know, celebrating the, uh, you know, the, the weekend. She didn't wait till Black History Month. Hey, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. she had it. And right I heard you. Time. I heard you. I heard you talk about that this morning, too. Sometimes you won't got to wait till Black History Month. Celebrate your heritage. Listen, let's just do what we ought to do and just walk around. And you know why? You know also why we need to do that? Because it, it scares white people. And you know it does. You know it does. When you start wearing dashikis and stuff to go to Walmart, like at the gas station. I wish I wish I could grow my hair. Y'all think I got this bald head just to be bald. I, guess the, I got the George Jefferson going on. Yeah, the George Jefferson. But I wish I could have an afro and I could put that 
pick with the pick right in it with the fist, fist. Yeah, right, right, right. But what you could do is you could just put one of them hats with the tassels on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And have one of them things like you walk around like they do in the movies. Uh, but I mean, we should. I mean, I, I'm serious. I mean, we 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 should wear our our heritage more. And I need to speak for myself. Just wear our heritage more. But I think that when you do dress and live your heritage and your culture, it it sends a message without you saying anything. Absolutely. People just start to assume and they're right to they're right to assume. Absolutely. You know, that you are of a particular opinion and disposition. And you know what? I mean, oh, well, you know, oh, 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 well, if that's the case. You but, know. you know, I think that even though we we should wear it, I, I, I just it's almost to me, sometimes it feels like, you know, if you don't wear it no other time of the year, you know, you try to throw it on during African history or black history month. It almost seems like and then you don't wear it again. It's almost like you come to church on Easter, like like patronizing. Yeah, it's like, like, OK, I'm just I'm just trying I'm just trying to be in the in crowd. But I don't think I don't think your heritage should be an in crowd type thing. It should be an every day. You should always be black, always support your blackness, always talk about your blackness and, you know, be proud of but, your but blackness. But is it, I mean, if it's just, if it's, if it's is the season or is our, is our blackness not a season? I mean, we, we should celebrate the birth of Christ all year long, but I'm not running around with Christmas clothes on. I mean, <laughs> you ain't wearing your Christmas sweater in June. <laughs> not wearing my Christmas sweater. I don't have a manger in front of my church all year long. Hey, you hey know? some people keep their lights up some all day long. Do. That's because they just don't want to take them down. And that's exactly why I don't put them up. I would never, <laughs> I would never take them down. I but, like that. Uh, Charlene, Char- uh, Sister Della Cruz said, live the heritage. Live the heritage. I like that. I like, I like that. that. I might preach that. Uh, I like that. Live the Lady heritage. Della Cruz, Man, I might preach that. That's, that's... I was going to take that. <laughs> we have a sermon battle. Like they have rap battles. <laughs> we have a sermon battle. I actually saw something like that where they had to like uh, take a subject real quick and preach on it. But oh, the yeah. bad thing is that most of the time it was just like saying clever stuff, not actually preaching any kind of text or uh you know anything in context it was just whatever Mm -hmm. you know just just whatever it was man but so i mean pastor jeff preached at the martin luther king day celebration in um in 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 trumbull county there's stuff going all over the country so tell me what do you think pastor jeff just before we get into our meme of the week and we'll just finish up this segment you know what do you think about just like the celebrations like you know do you think we're doing enough should we be doing more well, you know, I, I was when I was asked to speak on the Martin Luther King Day service, I was obviously that that is a high and holy honor. But um, when I heard what ML with the MLK family said, you know, that they don't want celebrations, they want action. Yeah. And I think, you know, I tried to uh, even make my sermon about action because I think that's what needs to be done. I, I don't think that, you know, I think we need to stop having these sermons and celebrations and and then not doing the work that needs to be done. I think there's so much work that needs to be done. And, you know, I think all, as always, we ought to put our feet to our faith and, and move. And and I think there's too much going on in, in our communities, you know, as far as in the world that we are not 
uh, taken advantage of. And, All right, man. I already heard your sermon, man. You ain't got to preach. I was trying to preach. This guy got his notes yeah. on his phone. He got his notes. He pulled his notes out. Like, <laughs> no he, he was like, let me just go ahead and get this slick sermon in right quick. That's now, called, uh, now, y'all know, Todd, before this sermon, before this show is over, Todd is going to get have a all sneak sermon. black up in I here. am. I am. But you know, we are the masters of sneak sermons, man. We will sneak a sermon in. I don't care if it was my job to light the candle at Kwanzaa. I'm going to sneak me a sermon in. <laughs> he said, like the candles at Kwanzaa. <laughs> Jesus is the light. <laughs> the Bible said, don't put your light under I a candle. <laughs> That's right. No, no, you're absolutely right. And I want to talk more about that. I want to I, I unpack that the more work to do. I think that's going to be a key part of our conversation tonight. The conversation tonight is, you know, don't wake me. I'm dreaming. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the conversation of the night, we got to hit the meme of the week. We got to hit the meme of the week. The meme of the week. Go ahead. Just, just sing it. Just sing. Meme, meme of the week. week. We got this music tonight. Meme, meme of the week. week. Uh, uh, uh. Meme of the week. This is all jokes. Meme, meme of the week. week. <laughs> we ain't really serious. Meme of the week. <laughs> meme of the, okay. What's the meme of the week, Big Mike? What we got? What we got? The one old lady. <laughs> the one old lady in church who knows everybody's business. Okay, leave the picture up for a second. Leave the picture now, up. Now, 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 you know, you know, sister so and so. You know, sister so and so, but been 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 divorced now three times. Uh, you, 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 you know, uh, you know, sister sister Betsy's nephew is in the jail again because <laughs> he got on that stuff. That's why. That's why they don't let him in the church to clean no more. <laughs> Okay, but here's the funniest part of the meme. Everybody knows somebody that looks like that. Absolutely. Everybody knows somebody that you put them in that that outfit. And they 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 will wear their glasses at the edge of their nose, right? At the, yes. I mean it's like you don't even, you don't even yes. need them. Like you ain't you ain't looking at some glasses. And somebody right now is watching that like that look like a nice Easter suit. I want to find <laughs> somebody gonna type in, where she get that hat what where that hat come from? Hey yo, why did she have like little uh little 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 whiskers on her chin? <laughs> Why is she, why why does she have old lady whiskers? Whoever made this is going straight downtown. That is not a five grand outfit. Whoever that listen, <laughs> it might be. Whoever made that is going straight downtown. Whatever's well, the meme of the week, y'all. If you have an idea for a meme of the week, you can send it to us via the inbox on Facebook or Instagram uh, pages, or you can email it to religiously incorrect podcast at gmail.com. The officially longest email address in the history of emails, but you will remember it religiously incorrect podcast, you know, and I, you know, we have a long email at our church. Second Baptist Warren is fairly long because there's so many second Baptists and I can only mourn how many donations and emails and maybe even invitations have been sent to secondwarren.com, secondbaptist.com, warrenbaptist.com. That's why we just, we just, uh, Abbreviated RSPBC dot. They messed that up too, man. We messed that up too, man. You're talking about church folk. You're talking about (laughs) church folk that can read a flyer and and look at the flyer and say services at seven o'clock, and they'll look up and ask you what time is the service? What time time is service again? When's this gonna be again? (laughs) Like right on the colorful flyer that they made. So that's our meme of the week. Everybody knows uh, Mother Kermit. Everybody knows Mother Kermit. (laughs) Mother Kermit. (laughs) Everybody knows Mama Kermit, and uh, you know we love her. 
Absolutely. We love her, we man. Love she's, her. she's a tither. She is. She is. She's, she's she is a, the pillar. <laughs> she is the cornerstone of the church. She's a tither. You know, she don't she don't miss early service. And so, even when she don't come, she send her tithes. Even when she don't come, Deacons don't even have to go chase her down. They, 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 they know what's up. So before we get into our subject matter, we want to hit up our uh, sponsors and thank Phillips Care family of businesses, beginning, of course, with Phillips Care Cleaning Service, residential, commercial, Floor cleaning, carpet upholstery, wood floor, move in, move out. They do a little bit of everything. I just be asking them. Now I just send them messages of just random work that I hope he knows how to do. <laughs> now I just be like, hey, yo, uh, yo, y'all snake drains. <laughs> hey, man, I got some, I, I got like some some wetness in my basement. Y'all, y'all do more. It doesn't matter. And you know what? They always they, either they know how it. to do it or find somebody, or find who, somebody who can. Phillips Care Cleaning will. Service. Residential, I'm just throwing in their maintenance and everything else because they do it all. And on top of that, of course, you have Phillips Care, uh, lawn care service. Of course, you don't have a lawn now because everybody's under 10 feet of snow right now. But they're so dedicated, they will come plow the snow and then cut, cut your, your lawn grass. for you. That's how dedicated they are. It costs you $1,000. but <laughs> They don't care. But they'll, they'll do it for you. They'll do it for you. And, and that's exactly uh, the kind of company they are. So check out Fernando at Phillips Care. Uh, Cleaning, Phillips Care Lawn Services at 330-219-7916. That's 330-219-7916. Just go ahead and do do the do the do mics too. It's, it's not Mike out the way. It's not Mike's out. We don't forget. Because we're gonna forget. We Mike always forget. Phillips Care, uh, what's it called? Phillips Care Fitness. <laughs> yeah, fitness. Is it is it Phillips Care Fitness or Training? No, it's Phillips Care Training. See, I forgot that quick. They are the new owners. They're not even new owners. They are the uh, dominators of High Street Fitness in Cortland. They're the dominators. They're the dominators. <laughs> They've taken dominion over High Street Fitness in Cortland. And uh, they are, what am I looking at? <laughs> Sunday service at 8-ish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? There's a whole lot of white people joking about black people being late. Lateness. That's all I got to say. There's a whole lot of white people got something to say about black people being late. And I don't know. I don't know if you didn't know it was Martin Luther King Day. But I mean. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you I watched Mike the other day for about three minutes do that stair stepper thing up and yeah. down. I got tired just watching. I had to turn off Facebook. I said, you know what? Ain't, ain't no way. Yeah. You, you, it's, how old is he? Is he my age? Is he? Is he older than you? Mike's like 73. <laughs> no, Mike is younger than me. Mike is younger than me. Mike's got to be like, uh, he's got to be like well, three that, or four that years makes more. That makes more sense because yeah, I'm like, my us. God, that, that, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely So if you want to get fit. Mike will get you right. That's my, that's my, uh, that's my new theme. For so go. Mike will get, no, that, that's, that's my so new go, tagline you, for him. You Mike about to go get, get fit right. with Mike? I actually need to because I got a little, I got a little mushroom going on here. I, 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 little, I ain't mess with Mike. These little skinny pants, you know, that's why I keep this computer in front of me so that y'all can't see all, all this. That's right why here. I ain't even take off my jacket. You love handles. Now I just tell hot in the mug. Now I just tell Shamika to hang on for dear life, you know. So, <laughs> so anyway, what's our subject tonight, Pastor Jeff? I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> what do you tell me what our subject is? Jeff is like, I preach. I I'm preach. I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. Our subject is don't wake me. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. Yes. Go ahead and sing it. No, I'm not going to today. Come on, man. You know you want to. I, I, I saw it on your face. I, I saw it on your face. You were any other time. I'm telling y'all, I'm tired today. Jeff is being so sanctified tonight. This cat, 
this cat didn't preach one time at the ministerial alliance. Now he's like the Pope. <laughs> he, he's like he's like the potentate. Sorry, I can't do that. Uh, I, yes. The anointing the has not fallen yet. <laughs> the remnant of the, res- the, yeah. the, re- the residue of the anointing is still in the atmosphere. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, 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 check it out, y'all. Don't wake me. I'm dreaming. So you made a point in your sermon tonight, Pastor Jeff, that was, we all say it, but you brought it out in such a salient manner when Pastor Jeff said that we have condensed down Dr. King to a moment in time, a snapshot on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and the I Have a Dream speech. And I'm gonna look up another quote that was similar to that, that one of my sisters from my church put up. But, you know, how do you feel about the fact that Dr. King, you know, I mean, you might as just call him Dr. Dream at this point. Well, you know, and I think what a lot of us don't know and a lot of people don't know is that um, that particular speech wasn't even what he was actually preaching about yeah 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 he deviated from he had script. to deviate and then there was a woman there who was a woman it was mahalia jackson yeah mahalia jack yeah that's right mahalia jackson uh as he because he was actually bombing and we all know what bombing yeah, is like yeah. but preacher, he was you know, you know he wasn't he was he wasn't well he wasn't I, I can't say he was bombing but he was saying stuff that they that wasn't resonating with them and mahalia jackson as the mother of the church does said tell him about the dream baby Talking about the dream. And that's when he switched over to I have a had switched over to the I have a dream speech. Right. And that's when, you know, obviously the crowd got into it and it became iconic. But the fact of the matter is, uh, like we said, that you know, we've we've limited him to that speech and and because that's what the crowd wants to hear. That's what the people want. That's the that's the uh the go-to speech. That's the you and know, we, we everybody's comfortable with that speech. Yeah, that that that's it. Everybody's comfortable with that speech, and that allowed a certain flavor of person to, uh, and let's just be honest. You know, that allowed he, this this holiday was not going to be accepted, honestly, unless certain peoples in power decided it would be acceptable. Absolutely, just like Juneteenth last year. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's like. People always celebrated it, but you said it. He was one of the most hated men in America by the time of his death, and it wasn't because of the dream speech. If it was, be- excuse me, if it was because of the dream speech, he would have been assassinated on August 29th. Absolutely. Truth be told, mm-hmm. you know, it's because he had specific principles. And I want to read this co- quote. It's not from us. It's by a person on Twitter named Eaton Thomas. Eaton Thomas. I hope I said his name right. One of my sisters put this up, and they said, never forget, they didn't love Dr. King until after they killed him omitted three-fourths of what he actually stood for, mm. condensed and contorted his message to be beneficial to them, and turned him into a symbol they created. Wow. Wow. And it's true. Wow. He was dabbling with socialism. He believed in uh, universal income, like just send the check, like these payments they just stopped in yeah, Congress. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I posted up some things about and and I haven't seen it. I know I'm going to see it because I even have some Republican politicians who I cavort with who are right now up against some legislation that we all know Dr. King would very much be for. And they are readying their posts, getting ready to put that quote up. And as I said this morning, they talk about the principles, you know, but they don't talk about the policies. Yes, yes. Dr. King actually advocated for policies that people would not 
you know, especially people who are on different sides of political uh, opinions, right, would not align with. But as I said today, and we're all just going to repeat our sermons in a, in a way, as I said, they turned him into a figure of love, peace, and unity, were the words I use, love, peace, and unity. And when you read the speech, uh, the introduction, Asa Philip Randolph actually introduced him, and he said, we are here for justice, freedom, and dignity. Come on, sir. He says, that's what we're here for, Mm -hmm. justice, freedom, freedom, and and dignity. dignity. And, you know, we've turned King into love, peace, and (laughs) unity. And it's not to say it. As I said this morning, we will will throw our sneak sermons in. That's the foundation. But the actual fight was for justice, freedom, and dignity, which are two different worlds. So what I want to hear from you, Pastor Jeff, is we said earlier when we first started, and I want you all to chime in. I want you to like, share, tag somebody, tell them to join into this conversation because I think it's important for us to have. What is the work that you think has been done, if you'd say in the last 50, 60 years, that we're going on now since Dr. King? We're going on, what, like 54 years now? Uh, is it 54 or is it 56? I'm, we're going I'm on back. 64, 54. 39, 54. Yeah. Okay. About 54. Uh, since he was assassinated. What do you what what work besides legislation that got signed after he died? <laughs> what work do you think has been done? Do you think things have been done and awareness has come? And what work do you think needs to be done? That's such a such a loaded question because you know, up until recent years, you could you could make an argument that, you know, we have come so far, and then through the last administration, uh, you can see how far we really haven't come. And matter of fact, you can see how many people were actually uh, still hiding in the background. You can see they were there. They they were there. How how many, how many, uh, and you know, um, say his name again, McMichaels was saying how the one guy said, uh, matter of fact, he said how, uh, the make America great again. Which again, saying, when? Yeah, again, when? How do you make it great? When was it, you know? And and so I think that's the problem is that, you know, they really wanted to go back to when black people were, were not in power. They really wanted to go back when black people were not in the White well, do House. do they not see it that way? Do they just see it as, yeah, because I've heard it literally said out, and you heard it too. Yeah, there were some problems. Things weren't perfect, but things were better morals, values, whatever, whatever. And we just had some issues to work out. And I, you know, it, it, I can't divorce it. Right. I can't divorce that. Whatever you think was supposedly a pure, purer time than now always included some massive systemic state sanctioned societal suffering. Right. Period. Right. Against groups or a group of people. And usually multiple at one time. It's like they was like lynching black people, putting Japanese people in internment, <laughs> taking over Hawaii, like on like in one decade. Like in one decade. Am I making this up? Like you're in the not, 40s. In you're the not. 40s, they were like lynching black people, putting Japanese people in internment camps, ignoring Jews being burnt up in in, in Germany <laughs> and taking over a, a whole Polynesian island and called it a state. Right. It's like right, right. what? Greatest generation. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm just, but they just see it as an ab, 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 anomaly. They see it as a blip. Right. An ugly stain on our nation's Like, this is not no st- stain, is what you clean with Tide. 400 years is it's not, not a stain. stain. It's not a stain. That's a rag that needs to be burned. <laughs> You're right, though. 400, because you think when you say stain, you, you are inferring that a little washing can clean it. Listen. Yeah. Uh, oopsie. Listen, yeah. I just, uh, we, my wife and I, we just moved into our, to the house. And uh, before we moved in, it was all new carpet, the floors. Are, so, you know, I'm watching everything. Everything. You know, my, if my, my son getting Kool-Aid, don't spill oh, that. Man, don't, that's a, that, you know that, what I'm saying? That's message already. Get, <laughs> I hear it already. Some it's get on the floor. You, it, that's that's the stat. That's a st- because it's already that's, clean when you get there. Clean. Yeah, it's already clean. It was clean, clean when you yes, got there. Yes, yes, These yes. folks came there. They came in like to stab somebody. I want to <laughs> bring me some Indians. <laughs> I want to stab some people. I got some smallpox and I got to share it. <laughs> who who wants these diseases? I mean, you, you, that's, you, that analogy is perfect, Jeff. You would have to say that you came to a place where there was where there was uh, real clean relationships. And I want to address Scott Heater. Thank you, Scott Heater. I was waiting on you to say that. A drop of blood can clean it. You know what I'm going to say to that? You can only clean it if you are fully and completely acknowledging the full effect, not just spiritually, but socially. And I, and, and, and Scott, I understand how you feel. I know exactly where you're coming from. We would all love to believe that simply believing in the blood of Jesus and saying we've been washed in the blood is what fixes these societal problems. But it doesn't because you've had white Christians and black Christians for hundreds of years. And guess what? A good number of those white Christians, if you said the word reparations, would get to cussing at you. Can I, can I just make a inquisition or, or statements of Scott. When, when, when we read the story of the woman with the issue of blood um, and you know, we all know the story. She walked through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says she felt in her body. Yeah. She felt, she felt it. It doesn't, he never had made her clean yet, but because of the touch, she felt. And right. I think a lot of times because we, 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 we get into these church services and we get around people and we, we think we Feel better. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. Oh, yeah. A, but listen, it says that once uh, Jesus touched her, the Bible says that she told the whole truth. That's when things get better. Uh, you know, that's a word. That's when, when you the tell whole the, truth. Whole truth, the whole truth. The whole truth. The whole truth. That's what the Bible says. She told she turned around and she told him the whole truth. See, there's some truths that are hidden that are still in the closet that people aren't talking about that we're afraid to talk about that we're scared to talk about. You know, I'm not sure it's about talking about it. I think it's doing something about it, doing something. So the the analogy I've made often is that if we're going to say that racism, prejudice, and injustice is a sin problem and not a skin problem Mm -hmm. and that the blood of Jesus can fix it. I, I agree that Jesus makes us whole. But if I get saved in prison after murdering someone, I am not getting out of jail Mm -hmm. because I gave my life to Christ. If I get saved between the time I murdered someone and the time I get caught and actually convicted of it, they are not going to throw the punishment aside 
And here's the crazy. We do serve a God of justice and justice does mean that somebody gets punished for what they've done. Absolutely. The sword never left David's house. And honestly, the 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 Bible tells us that when you have robbed somebody of something, which, by the way, this is not just mistreatment. Racism is not just a matter of I treated you bad. Right. See, that's what I think people think. Racism means I treated you bad because you were black. That's what we think. Racism means somebody hated you. No, 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 no. Somebody hated me and made sure my children, my, my ancestors could not buy a house and own land and pass down money to their families. Racism means that I couldn't, I was the last hired and the first fired. It's not you, you were just mean to me or you said the N word to me on a bus. Right. No, see, that's the the, the stupid. No, no. Racism means I literally don't have access to credit. Come on. Come on. I could not attend college. You give students school books from 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. You are literally robbing right now in the year 2022. Racism is the reason that the average black person's home appraises for 30 percent less than the average white person's home. That's real money. That's real wealth. Yeah. Real wealth. Racism is the reason why black young men who sell crack go to jail for years, while white young men who, who deal cocaine and traffic cocaine and are caught with it get probation and treatment. It's the real reason a white man can jump the fence of the White House, get halfway to the halfway to the White House and get stopped and arrested and taken to jail. Another white man can kill uh, another white man can go into a church and kill several people, get picked up by the cops and taken a Burger King to get lunch before they took him to jail. Absolutely. I was actually told I sold my house late last year. Uh huh. And I was actually told before the appraiser comes to take all my take pictures your, down. I take took all, all your my stuff down. Your black stuff down. All, my pictures. all your family yeah. pictures. I took. I, I told a congressman that recently. I made sure my house was completely cleared out before we showed it to any realtors because I know that that see racism is not people were mean to each other and there was slavery one time. Right. Do you understand how much four hundred years of work is worth? You would trip out over losing one week's paycheck. Mm-hmm. You, you and your manager would have a problem. Do you understand how much, if you quantify the free labor that was given up, right. the broken family bonds? And the Bible literally says that there is a law of recompense. Right. Absolutely. And it does extend beyond. It's not like, well, great, 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 great granddaddy Roscoe did that to great, 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 great granddaddy, you know, whatever. Right, 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 well, right. whatever that I don't see a statute of limitations personally, but I, I do believe that maybe that's a part of the work. Part of the work is making sure we correctly define what racism and the effects of it are. And we cannot have that conversation, Pastor Jeff, without acknowledging that that is the main reason why some individuals in our society have gone crazy over what they call CRT right? and trying to ban books. They hate the 1619 Project. And all it does is inform people of the full impact and the full fallout and the full loss of the actions of 
individuals who have upheld racist structures all the way from uh, from from housing to finance. And 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 he, he, Scott saying that the definition of racism has evolved from what you're saying. No, I didn't know it has not evolved. It's not anything. And that's honestly that that's offensive, Scott. And that just goes to show personally, I know you're an ally, and you're a faithful viewer. But for you to say that racism has evolved to anything that's just inconvenient is a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face to anybody black that you know or claim to know or be friends with. I'm just being honest with you, man. I'm being honest. For you to say that that definition of racism, no, racism is like a cancer. And if that cancer affects my lungs one day and my pancreas the next day and my brain the next day, it's still the cancer and it's caused by someone's. It's caused by something. And if my pancreas hurts, it hurts. If my lungs hurt, they hurt. If my brain hurts, it hurts. But by you calling it an inconvenience, I'm not even sure we can have an honest conversation at that point. Trust me, when you are losing potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in wealth in one family in a few generations from being underpaid or not paid at all, absolutely, that is not an inconvenience. It's only an inconvenience to someone who has not experienced it, who does not know that as their reality who has never had to count up the cost. I know what it's like to watch elders in my family only realize after they retired that they were paid so much many, less than so the person many. next to them. Right next to them. And the same, on the same in the line. the same job. On the same job. It, that's, that, that's not an inconvenience, my brother. And I'm having a hard time calling you brother right now. That, that's not an inconvenience. Only a person who doesn't truly realize what privilege really is and that's exactly what that statement reeks of. And privilege is not you're on some mountain somewhere. It's just you 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 have the ability to be oblivious to other people's pain and call it inconvenience. And that's the work. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for reminding us that that's the kind of work that needs to still be done. It, it, that, that's the kind of work, because honestly, you know, there are people that 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 believe that and they'll say, I'm your Christian brother. Right. And, I, and that's why I choose to use radical language. That's why I choose to use radical language, because if I bust and kicked in your door and 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 I, I, I would never want to do something. But if I violated your family, I would say you've just been inconvenienced. <laughs> just, no, but they just, don't you, understand. I mean, that, if that terrorizes you, you're traumatized, you're in therapy five years later. Uh, it's hard to understand what we're trying to say if we don't use radical language, if we don't say or tell it how it really is, because you'll you'll continue to say and think that th these things are just inconveniences and we're just making stuff up. And it's all in our minds. When, right. When truth be told, you didn't just work. You didn't work hard enough. You've had enough. Chances right. Right. Since then. Exactly. What are you it, talking about? You know, we, you know, what, what's, what's that called when uh, only when black people can get the job and. Uh, you had affirmative action. Yeah, affirmative, affirmative action. action. Affirmative action. I work with a black stuff. guy, and he never says stuff like yeah, this. No, 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 no. Bill no. is a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, his name is Bill. That's Bill, <laughs> Bill is a great guy. He's never talked like this. You guys are just angry. Yeah, but but but, but we have a right to be angry as well. Dr. King was angry. Yeah, we he have a right serious. to be angry. He was determined. He was, and 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 again, you know, people will try to pull back on those things. Uh, you know. People will pull back on those things. I didn't mean like, no, you know, out of the abundance of the heart. And, and that is, and so here's a part of the work, Pastor Jeff, that is far more of a prevalent opinion 
And some people just know better than to say it, but that doesn't mean they don't think it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me give you one more perspective of the part of the work. The part of the work also needs to involve for us sticking to a focus on policies as opposed opposed to what I call personal antidotes. Because everybody has a personal antidote or a story about a nice race relation they have with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I have white or black neighbors I get along with. I grew up, and my favorite are the people who grew up in the 50s or 60s, and they're always the outlier. To hear folk tell it, nobody was racist because everybody had a black neighbor or helped somebody in a ditch one time. And when we rode the bus, I sat with black people on the bus going to school, and we didn't have problems. We all played on the same football team together in the 60s. I didn't have any. I, I I had a politician tell me that. And I said to him, I appreciate your personal story, but your personal story does nothing for the policies that affect our people. Your personal story that I, congratulations, congratulations, you, you have a, a black friend and and you never said the N word. It's not even about words anymore. It's not even about being mean. Any, it's not about any of that. But what we need to learn how to focus on. And this is our job. I'll be honest. I did have a disappointment tonight. Okay. I did have a disappointment. I believe, and our friends in Youngstown do do this well. And so I won't call it a critique. It's something that we should learn and grow from. Maybe you can suggest it. I ain't going to the meeting. But uh, at every Youngstown MLK or anything similar to it, they always highlight whatever issues are currently happening in the state and in the country that we should be concerned about legislatively. Right. There is not a time when Reverend Simon or Gelato don't get up and say, HB7, we're going down to the state house. We're taking a bus. We just want you to know that this is going on. Right now, there are two voting two voting rights acts on the table that have been blocked all year long right. by senators. Right now, the, the 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 George Floyd Justice and Policing Act has been blocked by senators, and I just believe that any time we get together to talk, and this this is what helps direct the conversation. Absolutely, it can't just be worship. It can't just be we shall overcome. It has to be now. This is our marching orders, and then when your white allies or supposed to be allies show up, then you can yeah. say, are we all on the same right, page? Right, right, Are you willing or to march with you? Are you willing to march with us? And are we going to sit here and pretend like Dr. King would not be talking about this if Absolutely. he was the guest speaker tonight? Absolutely, You definitely would. So oh, yeah. I think that's something, now, and again, I'm not bashing my brothers and my sisters who run these services, but I will say that I think it would be good if we made sure that we had a policy informational moment to say these are the current legislative priorities or trends or laws or Supreme Court decisions that are currently in front of us. And whatever's happened in 1997 might be different from 2007, might be different from 2022. But I think we should make that a part of, because how can you, and I, and I, I, again, how can you say you acknowledge a person who basically helped push through five or six key pieces of legislation? Absolutely. That was the hallmark. Mm-hmm. That was the hallmark of his work. Brown versus the Board of Education with the Little Rock Nine and all that kind of stuff. The Civil Rights Act of 1960, 1964, 1965, 1968, right after he dies. All of that, that that's that's the work. That's the work. So that's I think we need to add that part. Focus totally on policy. You. Well, I think that so I think oftentimes we are uh, so stuck on the Bible that we won't even read a newspaper. You know, and we don't know is. these uh, social justice things. We don't know these acts and these rights and these policies that need to be changed. So we, we kind of just like, you know, floss over them and gloss over them. But like you said, I am, I'm glad, you know, when we need people like you, like Jelana, like Reverend Simon, who uh, are 
advocates for these policies, uh, for these, uh, you know, uh, Elder Carter, who's on with us tonight, um, you know, stays in touch with the heart of what's going on in the not only in the community, but in the nation. Well, you made it perfect by mentioning her. Churches should every church that claims to be concerned about the plight of African-Americans and impoverished people should be partnered with an organization whose job it is to stay on top of these things right. and to lead those efforts. You got to remember, uh, you know, uh, you know, Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, most of his life, he was an associate or co-pastor with his father and did most of his work outside. It was the SCLC. It was SNCC. It was mm-hmm. CORE, right. the NAACP that fed the issues and agendas to the individuals in the black church who could then give marching orders to the people right. and say, this is our focus. It's the bus boycott. It's this, it's that. And I think that we, again, have to uh, we have to uh, be willing to partner with them and listen to them and give them real space. And if you don't, if if that's not your niche, that's okay. But be willing to say, you know what, we we that might not be my niche, but I know somebody who does. And this is somebody we need to bring in. This is somebody we need to have a talk with. This is somebody we need to have Zoom calls with and, you know, reference because. These are the things that the black community, the black church, um, the black leaders are looking for. These, this is what people are want to follow. You know, we, it's it's all good to have an A and B selection and all that stuff, but there's some issues in our community that are going on that are affecting our people right now, and we are not taking advantage of them. Absolutely, and and I agree, and 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 I know it's hard because we are busy. We have a lot. People really do want. To 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 worship, to build a relationship with God, to to or personal issues. And I often try to find ways now, even when I'm talking about societal issues, to include that, hey, this applies to both our, commu- our communal issues, our, our social issues, our justice issues, our racial issues and our personal issues. I mean, there are things we need to overcome internally mm-hmm. and then things we need to overcome externally. And I think a part of the work is learning how to marry those things. And as you said, partner with the individuals who can lead us in that direction and give them real space, real time, real influence, and even in a sense, real authority mm-hmm. to say, you know, because what happens is somebody like an organization from the uh, action or NWTP, they'll come. But at the end of the day, this pastor decides what the people are going to focus Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pastors are going to decide what the people are going to focus on. And, and so I think that that is the... Uh, you know, the, 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 the crux of, of how we get involved. And I understand that we can't uh, we can't tackle everything all the time. We, we can't you know, we, we, we can't chase our tails with every issue. And, it's, and sometimes people get disappointed in that because and, and that, that, that's a struggle for us because it's, you know, that, you know, we, I'm glad you're, I mean, I had a person when I was doing Matthew Burroughs and this person is still around and the person doesn't care for me because that person came to our protest for Matthew Burroughs. And they had another issue that was going on that was unjust. And I guess supposedly someone had been falsely accused and and convicted of a murder and everything. And why don't you come, you know, argue my case, too? And I'm like, well, I I just don't have the expanse and capacity to do that. There are advocacy advocacy groups for just about everything. And we have to learn that we can't be all things to all people all the time. Well, well, Pastor Todd, the, the, the sad part is, is that that's. That's the that's the end of the story is that if you can't come, if action can't, if I can't come, if Pastor Simon can't come, who else do they go to? Who else who else is willing to stand on these front lines? Absolutely. Who else is willing to 
Stop stepping around these situations. Who else is willing to put themselves out on a lot? Like you Correct. said, you know, you said it this morning because I don't think a lot of people understand when, you know, you got the newspaper calling you or you got the news uh, coming to say about you. And, and you know, you, you, you get these phone calls from people and these threats and, you know, your wife is wondering or worried about you going to church and, you know, yeah. have, being at the church by yourself at such and such a time because you've been on the news so many times a week. Who really wants to deal with that? Exactly. You know, I mean, you. I can't imagine every night uh, at Dr. King's house at dinner, every night him trying to, you know, or where he, him, he leave, right. and his, you know, kissing his kids. This might be the last, last time I time. kiss you. You got to have, have men stay outside your house it, it's, it's, to watch I mean, over your family while you're gone. And, and the other part is, which goes into the, the disagreement and the, you know, uh, even with Scout's comment is, then you have people who will base, uh, which it happens for clergy. It, it happens with politicians. They will base you allowing them to dictate the terms of the conversation or how far what you're going to fight for. Or they pull away their support. They pull away relationship. They accuse you because and, and, and here's OK, let's go to another step part of the work. And this is something I am and I know you are. Black people have to be able and willing and courageous enough to own the issues and not let anybody else redefine the yes, issues sir. for yes, us sir. Yes, and sir. threaten and say and say, I'm reading these comments. I see what it says. Well, we're not going to we just won't be able to progress if you don't basically bring the conversation where I can engage where I want to be. Listen, again. I would not tell a rape victim. Let me tell you how you should have this conversation right, right, about right, being right, raped. Right, 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 right. If your family was brutalized, if, if you have this ugly chapter in your life and it's it's dragged down and you're aware that your family, you know what, we, we'll never go forward if you don't just let me talk to you too. And you, you know, I know you feel this way or I know the facts say this, but let's not talk about those. You know, who who's to say what, what rape really is? <laughs> we wouldn't do that. And, and so we have to own this because, you know, nobody can tell a person how they feel. But we also have to know that how we feel is tied to facts. Right. It's not just subjective. It's not. And, and see, that's what and, you know, and it's hard for us because honestly, black people are feeling people. We are feeling individuals. And unfortunately, sometimes people hone in on that and say, well, you just feel and look angry and frustrated and mad. And, da, da, da. But, and sometimes you know, we're not willing to say, no, no, no. First of all, the feelings are justified and the feelings are based on facts. Absolutely. Facts. And, and, I, and, and we have to be strong enough to walk away from a table and say, for instance, racism is the root. And when we say that racism affects the educational system and racism affects and has dictated the lack of economic opportunities for black people, Racism is the reason you have forums coming up at your church right now. Absolutely. While black, why black neighborhoods are built in the shadows of more electrical lines. And there are poor white people, too, by the way, who Absolutely. are built in those mm-hmm. same places, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But let's not pretend Lyndon B. Johnson said it best. If you can convince most dirt poor white person that he's better than a black man, he'll give you all the money in his pockets. <laughs> so racism has always been about that power structure and that ability to dominate people in real world ways. And again, we have to own that. Rosetta put up Rosetta's comment said her house was burned because we were black in a white neighborhood. That's racist. Now, now I want you to see the whole thing. Thank you for sharing that elder Carter. The house was burned. That's the loss of property. Even if you have insurance, you can't get that back, but it also does something else. 
it most likely moves that family away from where they desire to live. Absolutely. Discourages more black families from moving there and and keeps people in those low income and impoverished areas that they were hoping and trying to. Do you understand? Again, to use your own word, that's not an inconvenience. Right. I just feel like your change does not dictate my pain. Yeah. And I think that happens so often, you know, I mean, people change people, people, but that does not, that does not disassociate the pain that I went through and all that has happened over these last 400 years. And just because, uh, you know, right now, you know, there, it may be some, it may be some good and maybe some people who want to do better, but that does not take away the pain. You know, when, when I was growing up and my stepfather done what he done, he only done it to me and my mother, wow. his real kids. So, wow. you know what I'm saying? So oftentimes my real brothers and sisters who, you know, we have different fathers. They always felt like, you know, I got the best daddy in the world. And right. I'm like, oh, but we stay in the same house. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? We you're stay like, in the same how house. Can you not. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, yeah. You, you, you're telling me about how good he is. And I'm telling you about the pain that I'm going through. Right. Right. And these are facts. And these are yeah, not, these, these, how you feel. Right. It's not you. The feelings it. are based on facts. <laughs> You've seen it. You, you know, you can change the history books and all that, but you know what we went through. Yep. And it's a fact. It's truth. And it and it has you cannot convince me that you will preach a theology about original sin. I hear you. I already know where you're going. We got a whole Christian theology is based on the fact that because somebody ate some fruit, we all screwed up. (laughs) But for some reason, Mm -hmm. I can't convince you that enslaving millions of people in one country doesn't have an effect a couple hundred years later. Is that what we're preaching? That's what they're trying to preach. (laughs) I'm just, and I always talk about original sin and continuing sin. Original sin is what happened. Continuing sin is refusing to acknowledge what happened and the effects that it's had and what needs to be done about it. Wow, yeah, yeah. Even today. I'm still in that. Because if Jesus needed to die thousands of years after Adam, thousands, if time didn't smooth over, okay, if he still had to pay a price, Right. That's all I'm saying. Hey. That's all I'm saying. Racism is America's. Thank you, Richard Kidd. Racism is America's original sin. Let, let's, wow. let's move forward to that dreaming, man. Uh, are we too dreamy as black people? Are we too dreamy? I don't think we're too dreamy. I think we're just dreaming the wrong dreams. Mm. Unpack that. I, I just, Unpack I, that. I just, I just, I, I think we're, we're, we're looking to integrate and we're looking to, you know, we're, we're looking to be this, um, I don't know, society of people, you know, flashy cars and, you know, things of that nature. When, you know, there's still so much work to be done. I think our dream needs to change. I think our dream needs to. And, you know, I, I think we always talk about it that, you know, just because one person made it, you shouldn't be happy that one person got out when there's a whole or there's a whole group of people who are still in the system. Right. Who are still suffering, who are still going through. And I think we we you know, we have to get back to that. You know what I mean? If one is down, we're all down. We're going to we're going to help each other out. We're going to pick each other. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think we've lost that, you know, in the dream of of self-promotion. You know what I mean? I mean. 
Well, I went my high school year, my, my senior year of football, my senior year of football, we didn't win one game for Wilson. Wow. Not one game. But my st- my stats was off the roof. <laughs> right. As the running back, my my personal stats was out the roof. You know what I'm saying? But what did it matter when the team didn't win? That's true. What did it matter how much I got in the paper? And and that's the thing that we have to carry down that the effects and just like a person who has been uh thing hanging on. Just like a just like a person who has been forever changed by being assaulted, brutalized, or whatever. The black psyche has been forever corrupted as a people to where that crabs in a barrel mentality, that idea that uh, that idea that those fickle and flaky things are success. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have broken down a people so far, the most uh, the most. Uh, the simplest things impress you. Absolutely. And that's why we talk about, we're worried about who can buy the Cadillac and, and other cultures are worried about who owns the dealership. That's it. That's it. But right we're talking there. about yes, who sir. makes the league and the other person on who owns the league, who owns mm-hmm. the team. And to that point, the idea that if someone makes it quote unquote out, that that's a reason to breed resentment towards that person. Come on. Come on. And a part of that beloved, you know, community is having respect for each other at every stage of life and not assuming and thinking things about because we say we want to. I mean, how many times you see posts and things about people who want to see how black people prosper and thrive and get money. And, and then we know a few families who have the that 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 money, you know, and we despise them for for, for having it. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us won't even support them. Right. Right. And then you want somebody to support your little um, dang, you know, we, we have to support one another. We have to be consistent in doing it as well. Right. Right. I, I agree. Uh, I, I, Scott asked a question, but I want you to unpack that. I, I don't, I, I don't want to present that and, and discuss it yet until you unpack, because there, there's several ways of looking at the drum major instinct. So, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about with the sermon, but I want, I, I want the, uh, I guess I want you to unpack that a little bit better. I mean, I've I've read about it. Are you familiar with the drum major instinct? I'm, not. I'm familiar with it, but I want to know exactly where you're trying to go with that. You know, uh, I guess he's talking about the whole point of like being out front to feel superior. Well, uh, okay, Scott, can I be honest? We don't suffer from a drum major instinct and wanting to feel superior. We just want to live with dignity. Can we just feel equal? Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> You're literally describing what white people did. They invented the construct of race and racial superiority to subjugate black people. The idea that to be seen out front on an individual basis. I think humans deal with that. It's not a black people thing. It's a human thing. It, it it's a it, it's a human thing. But but if you go back and read, what does that, that have to do with the conversation? Well, I don't I don't know where he was trying to go exactly with that, but I don't mind engaging it. Yeah, I, I just don't but understand it. History tells us that racism is a construct that was developed by white Europeans, 
and actually there, there's actually a, a switch uh, where at first it started off as, as a cultural ethnic thing. It even started off as a land property, non-property thing, and which is a big part of why black people became property. And then it switched into a race thing. So even if you have property, you're still less than me. Right, right. So the idea of feeling superior to others or being out front is a direct result of that European, which became American idea of wanting to dominate others and then and then de- declaring that they were inherently superior, even going all the way down to comparing skulls and everything else and saying that, you know, black men, Africans were built for work and labor and white men were built for intellect and this, that and the other. And so if anything, if there is a drum major instinct, it's just, if anything, a toxic response to mistreatment, like a person who is neglected might seek attention or a person who has been abused might seek love in the wrong places. But I wouldn't talk about it without talking about the origins of it. Put it that way. I mean, I don't I mean, I don't understand it. Obviously, I don't understand this whole drum. But if you're talking about just somebody want to be out front or being superior, superior, I would say that nobody done it better than, you know, our last president who wasn't willing to accept defeat, even when defeat was inevitable, who even after you know, so many counts and the counts came back even worse than what they were the first time. Yeah, Scott Heater saying it's a mentality of look at me. Okay, just call it the Trump instinct then. Absolutely. That's 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 that, that's what you should call it. You should call it the Trump instinct. You know, but but again, when you're looking at a group of people who are talking about hundreds of years of sin and mistreatment and economic, and you say, I think you can have a problem of wanting wanting attention. Again, I just think that's off base because, hey, if I'm drowning, I'm going to scream for attention. Help. It's just the way it goes. That's, and for those of us that know what it's like, by the way, to work with broken populations on a regular basis, when we see kids act out in the street, when we see people party hard, you know what I mean? They're trying to release attention of a constricted life, a constrained life, and you finally get in that bar, you can wild out and you can do what you want to do. That kid wants to act out and do all these types of things. So, yeah, there's a look at me thing, but it's a look at me that's birthed out of pain, if anything. Let me tell you, I was staying in Austin town, walked downstairs, was going outside, was standing in an apartment, walked downstairs, was putting my daughter, who was a baby, she was still in the car seat, putting her in a car, had a guy ride past me in Austin Town, Raccoon Road, said, let me just, niggers, yelled it out, yelled it out, niggers. I jumped in my car, made my wife get in the car, Wrote, and I, I chased him. I did. This I was, was outside. Yeah, I was mad. I was, I, no, I was, I was mad. Caught them. They were coming out of the drive through at Raccoon and Kirk. They're coming out of drive through. I pulled in as they were pulling out. Right. Now we're car to car. I looked at him. I pulled down one. I said, what did you say? Say it now. And the guy on the driver's seat is pointing at, at the, the other guy. And the, the passenger seat. And the guy on the passenger wouldn't say nothing. I said, what do you say? Now watch this. Police pulls up right behind me. Gets out the car. So what's the problem? I told him what was the problem. They, they called me niggers at my apartment right down the street. They, he said, uh, he said, move it along. I said, so you're, you're, you're not going to say nothing to them. Move, move your car, move your car right now, or I'm taking you to jail. My wife was like, get in the car, just get in the car. I get in the car. We begin to drive off. They begin to drive off. He yells out again, niggers, and drives down the street. Yep. I look at the cop. The cop looks at me and says, go. That's 
<laughs> yeah. That to me is what you what you're yeah. talking about. That to that and 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 Martin Luther King did adapt that sermon. And remember, it's on his, it's on the memorial and everything. Remember the speech he gave, and they played it. He at said, his "If funeral. you want to call me the drum, want to call me the drum major." So, yeah. For instance, everybody knows the role I play in 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 this area. I I'm an outspoken individual. So, if if let's just say from the years 2017 until let's just say maybe things calm down around 2025, and for those eight years, people might say. Yeah, Pastor Todd was that guy you could always count on to be out there. It's not so much a desire, because I know what it's based on with James and John, who will be greatest in the kingdom. Nobody's trying to be the greatest. As I said earlier in the uh, in, in one of my sermons, uh, I didn't choose to fight. The fight chose me. Right. So you accepted. Dr. King reluctantly, Excuse me. Dr. King reluctantly accepted that leadership role in Montgomery. When he was the young pastor, they would basically put him out there on the line because he was the young kid. Like, you go out there and lead this joint. Right. You know, you're young. <laughs> you can run. Uh, and so I, I, I don't mind engaging that because people do have to lead. But but I, and I, I said it today and you said it a little bit, you know, just now. But here's what happens. Here's how we attack. Black leaders who speak up. We call them camera whores. Mm-hmm. We call them wannabes and people who want attention and want to be. And, and we know there are bad examples on, on every side of every political spectrum. But the fact of the matter is somebody has to lead and be seen leading and have the voice and the place. And there have been various ones. And I'll be honest. I think that people like uh, the people that came after Dr. King. I think that the enemies of justice and, and, and those that wanted to keep the racist systems going and kind of crush the movement that was going found ways and sometimes they did play on some people's worst proclivities and habits, and they found ways to begin to turn the tide of public opinion against those who are bringing issues by saying they're just a camera person. They're just a money right, person. Right, right, they're right. not a real reverend. Remember that stuff? Mm-hmm. They're not a real reverend. They ain't even got a church. They're always on TV. Well, if they're not, who will be? Come on, sir. Nobody. No, Billy Graham wasn't a pastor nobody's church. He never passed up a stadium that he didn't want to preach in. <laughs> Does he have the drum major in <laughs> All these TV preachers, should they shut down their ministries? No. If there's a call in an audience and people will, will hear and, and be benefited, then they walk in that role. And sometimes we want to dictate how people do it, but we can't force people to be. And again, it goes back into trying to police how African-Americans address an issue with their own problems and issues and the issues of our, of our country. Uh, let's go a little bit further, Pastor Jeff. When it comes to not just policies, but positioning. And, and we're, on, we're coming up on our time, so we won't keep you guys much longer. When it comes to positioning, how can we better position ourselves? We got young men and women that might be running for office. We have people that probably need to pursue corporate you know, positions. You know, how can we better position ourselves to make impact? to make this a reality? Well, I think one of the, one of the things we can do is read a book, read a book, get some information. Get educated. I, I think we live in a, a, a day and age where, you know, technology, we can watch the game, do a podcast <laughs> simultaneously <laughs> and do all kinds of things, but we're not using the advantages that we have uh, at our, literally at our disposal. And so, we we have become um, 
you know, overqualified inapt people. You know, it's we 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 wow. we have to yeah. we have to get you know. And social media doesn't help. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It does. I mean, we we will we will sit here on this thing all day on Facebook and TikTok, and we will never read an article. We will never listen to podcasts. We will never listen. Yeah. You know, we yeah. will never check on politics and 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 policies that need to be changed. We have to become better at educating ourselves before we can educate our community and our nation. I agree. We have to, you know, we, we, st- we, we, there's still, I still talk to various people who I can ask, why did you vote the way you vote? Because I've always voted, Democrat. I've always voted that way. That is not a, that Absolutely. is not a legitimate answer. That is not a good answer. And that is not a respectable answer. It's not a, we can't, we can't take that anymore. I'm glad you said that about reading because all of our heroes, all of the people that we do look to, the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's, they were well-read individuals who are constantly looking to, to expand their minds. And by the way, expand their minds with quality information from Absolutely. verified sources to challenge their wow. assumptions <laughs> and broaden their worldviews while also strengthening their perspectives and the fight. They weren't brought in their worldview so that they would change their minds about, well, maybe the world isn't so racist. Right. No, they, they were brought in their worldview so that they could strengthen the impact and effect of how they could reach various peoples in various ways. And I'll be, like I said, social media does not help because everyone thinks they're an expert in things. We are easily distracted as a society and quite frankly, overloaded That's right. with information. Now people will talk about, you know, Christianity and the church and all you listen to the preacher, but I don't remember a day when you really just had the teacher and the preacher. And then at times a politician, right. Giving you a message about this is what's going on. That's going on. Now it's a million messages a day, theories, conspiracies, I bet you you, they didn't teach you this in high school. You know, a phrase I've learned, I was going to put this on Twitter the other day. You know what phrase (laughs) I learned that you can put, if you put this before you say something, everybody will take what you have to say at 100% face value. And all you have to say is, I was today years old when I found out. If you say, I was today years old when I found out that Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are Barack Obama's children, people would be like, oh, man, me too. I was today. Because it's like we have these phrases and cliches that immediately legitimize information. You have people posting up pictures of George Carlin with Abraham Lincoln quotes and Dave Chappelle with things from like Voltaire or the, you know, the, (laughs) you know, just craziness. And they'll be like, one time, Dave Chappelle said, no, he didn't say any of this. But again, we are filling our heads with more. And, and again, fights require focus. Come on. You cannot Come look on. at the crowd and engage your opponent at the same time. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. And what we do, and unfortunately, and some people have learned, and I'll say it again a million times, one of the biggest tools of racism in the modern day is Black people's ability to be distracted. And I believe many of those distractions are planted by the very people who don't want us to focus and unite enough to address our own issues. So as soon as we get to talking about something, hey, do you think little black boys should have kitchen sets? Hey, 
let me let me put this date scenario. I took a girl out one time and she brought her her kid along with her and wanted me to pay for their meal. And so so let's argue about this for three weeks. Absolutely. Is this is this dress blue or brown? Pastor Todd, I think let's arrest Michael Jackson again. Let's bring him back to life and arrest him again. I think one of the biggest problems, you know, the Bible says that, you know, there are a lot of people who have zeal, but not according to knowledge. And there are so many people who uh, are who are ready, but not prepared. Right. And so we, we have people on the forefront of this fight for social justice who are, you know, making a mockery out of even that because they they're uneducated. Right. They are. They're loud. Unlear- yeah, loud voice. A loud voice. And, 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 and the worst thing is somebody who all they know how to do is make a lot of noise. It's one of the worst things, just making yeah. a lot of noise, yeah. but you're not saying anything and it's not, it's not, it's not benefiting the people and it's not promoting uh, whether it be unity, whether it be fighting, whether it be standing, all we're doing is saying stuff and, it, and, and I'm getting tired of noise right. and, and real people in the community are tired of noise. We want action, movable action. And, and, and to be clear, positioning means getting people ready. Exactly. And readying the people to support these persons. Because everybody wants me to run for another office. Nobody's about to pay for that campaign. Come on, sir. Come on. Do you know how much it costs just to run for a war council seat in a small city like Warren? I spent several thousand dollars in the span of a few months. You know, and still you know how much got, it costs? Still ain't got all your signs still back. Still ain't got all my signs back. <laughs> You know, and I know that I have a few the people that are watching me, they are going to watch what they would watch. But the fact of the matter is, it takes masses of people in support to get people into these places. And so sometimes and and I'll just speak from the perspective because I've been the guy and I I meant what I said. It's easy to make a hero out of somebody that you don't have to be a part of their heroism. Come on. You get to just be a spectator and watch Spider-Man fly around and do stuff and web sling. And there are people that are watching us right now are a part of that core group of people that would support me through hell and high water. But unfortunately, the Miss Charlene Allens of the world and the Elder Rosetta Carters of the world and even the Jeff Stanfords of the world, just not enough votes to win on. So we have to push people together. And as I said earlier, teach people how to love each other. And and I'm going to say something dangerous because I know you, as people might jump on this phrase, but sometimes we have to look out for us before anyone else. And say, we are going to get another African-American on the council or in Congress or whatever. And we know we have to broaden our allies, but internally we're going to make the focus. Ain't nobody running against them. We're not going to let dumb stuff get out of our community about this. We're not going to undercut each other with fooling. I don't like his personality. I don't like the way she talked to me. She didn't buy my green bean dinner one time. Because that's what we do. I dealt with that at a very small, insignificant level in the grand scheme of things. People saying, I, I don't know. I'm mad because he said something mean about me around the time Matthew Burroughs. Right. That's real. Around the time Matthew Burroughs, I, I sure did have a lot of stuff to say. And there were some people who said, okay, three years later, I won't support a black man who I know cares and loves about his community because he, he has some things to say that were rough about the state. And, you know, we got to get over that. You got to rub each other's back stuff to get support. Watch this. I shouldn't rub your back when we're already black. Come on. Come on. 
I'm not saying I can treat you like a jerk and be right, mean to you. Right, 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 but right. But I shouldn't have to rub your back to support us when the fact of the matter is we're already black and we need a, uh, you know, representation to be prepared and ready. I wish we had more conversations about identifying not just young, but any qualified person. And a lot of good qualified people, Pastor Jeff, will not run for office because they don't trust their own people. They are not about to be left out to hang the dry and get 19% of the vote. You're looking crazy. And and while all that's going on, you have two of these so-called Democrats who will not vote with will us. Not. Will not vote with us. And that's why y'all ain't got that $250 on y'all last Correct. on the 15th. Correct. Because you got two of supposedly our own kind. Because but not our kind. Right, yeah, it's not our kind, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But we 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 were we're afraid to have uh, or others are afraid to jump on that because like you said we're afraid that we're not going to get the votes or people are not going right. to you know uh right and, and and I'll finally say it before we close that and we're being chased by people who are trying to convince us that they can repair those breaches between the whether it's progressive and conservative or black and white but the fact of the matter is when you take a look at what they stand for and stand against it is still harmful to the progress of our people, no matter which way you cut it. I don't care how many times you visit my church. I don't care how many times you invite me to lunch. I don't care how many times you like my things on Twitter or you say I'm doing a good job. If I know that you're preparing to vote and advocate against what is beneficial to my people, we are still not allies. Not at all. Point blank. We're not allies. And again, black people have to be bold enough to live within that. So you know what? I don't think we're living in the dream anymore. I think we've woken up. That's been the phrase the last year. We've woken up. But I think the areas that, you know, what what do we do now that we've woken up? How do we start our day and get going? You know, and I I think that's that that's the mic. You know, I want to throw Mike into this, let him shut us down and, and see what's up. What do you feel, Mike? How you thinking? Well, I have a question. Go ahead, man. Honestly, I want your opinion on something. I was watching a podcast earlier this week. Um, and the guest was an ex one retired CIA agent. Okay. And he said that in five years, they're going to be allowed to release the tapes for Martin Luther King. And from what he's saying that it's not going to be good, it's going to impact a lot of people and a lot of things going on now. So I just wanted your, your take, your thoughts, you know, I don't know what he means exactly by impacting a lot of people now, because we all know now that he had indiscretions and there will probably be, I would, I would not doubt in a position like his, there could be monetary things and there might even be certain conversations that might represent for some people compromise or relationship or, you know, deal making, if you will. In, in a certain way, I would be interested, like the next person, to see exactly how that affects people alive today. Because, I mean, he barely has any contemporaries still alive today or people, you know, who really. Are. So, I mean, I, I'd like to know exactly what that means. I think that there would be an effort to further embarrass and tarnish his legacy. But oh, I think always. it's almost best for us to just live with the fact that he was a flawed man as an individual like many other individuals right. who's concerned for his people. And, and maybe they'll have a tape of him saying, I don't, you know, 
I don't care about these Negroes. I just want the money. I mean, I don't know, but he, he didn't die with a whole lot of money. So, I, you know. I, I mean, I don't care who it is. You dig far enough, you're going to find some dirt on anybody. Just let the CIA come after me. I mean, I don't, I, it's just. Stay out of my internet searches. <laughs> <laughs> I just found it interesting. You know? I, I do too. I mean, I, 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 mean, I think I you said it. You said it last week, you know. I mean, we still love Bill Cosby. Black people love Bill Cosby. So, I mean, you know. We have our, a protectionism yeah, about the of, few of positive black heroes, men we right, got. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah, if you can't make us hate Bill Cosby and OJ, <laughs> that's my answer to that. If you can't make us hate Bill Cosby and OJ, there's no way on God's green earth you're going to make us hate Martin Luther King. No no Fact of the matter. Now, would it be he swept some crime under the rug? Did he do this? Did he do that? Did he allow, you know, a, a black woman to be violated and not say anything about it? You know, it might be something to that nature. And like, okay, I'll let that go. I'll do that. But again, I think we know enough now. Here's the thing. It's come from a CIA agent that we know enough now about their inner workings and how they do things that whether yeah. or not what he's saying is completely, totally legit. There'll be some pushback. We'll, yeah. st- it, we'll, we'll still be like, but nothing will ever compare to what y'all did to us. That's so it, that's, it, that's it. That's it. Yep. So he's done horrific, horrible things. I agree. But <laughs> it was Charlene Oliver. <laughs> there it is, Miss Allen. I'm ready for you tomorrow. If immoral Trump can still get elected with his open flaws and leave MLK sins alone, we Come know on. he has sins. It's not even new at this point. Dang. You know, it's, it's not even new at this point. So, uh, I think we're all, I mean, we do it with local pastors. We do it with people that we love in our families. I'm not saying that we actively in the time support exploitation and wrongdoing. If we knew in the time that Bill Cosby was accused of doing something in the time it was happening, we'd be like, dog, dude, you know, you wrong. But I mean, the fact that it came 40 years later or 30 years later, whatever it was, that that changes it. I just think think with, with the way society is right now, Certain groups might tr- might try to cancel him. I think honestly, I think canceling is over pretty much. I think we've canceled everybody. We're gonna cancel. <laughs> we'll see. I, I think. They I think. Try. I think they we've canceled try. everybody. I think. I think Dave Chappelle broke canceling. <laughs> I think he did. I think he proved that if you stand your ground, and black people stand for you, that and I'm proud of that fact. Absolutely, I'm proud of it. I'm not proud of it. First, it was R. Kelly. But I think that's where that. Hey, y'all, I'm going to tell you guys what. We're going to keep working at this. We're going to keep talking about this. We're going to revisit some subjects that we hit. I started looking back at our archive of, uh, of uh, shows, and I was thinking of the subjects that there's so much that has transpired since the mm-hmm. first time we talked about right, police right. shooting. So much. I mean, we did a police shooting show like in 2019 before George Floyd and before all of that stuff. And so there's so much more to talk about in the hit. And of course, we walked in here after Jeff preached and we said we we're going to be here and do a short show. And here we are an hour and 20 <laughs> minutes later. But uh, Jeff, you got any last any last minute thoughts? Go away. Here it is. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. <laughs> you see me alone. <laughs> I'm we, are some, we are some 90s folk y'all hey uh we really appreciate y'all tuning in even though we came in late we're just a little late just a little late as our two white viewers pointed out <laughs> eight-ish eight-ish but uh no we seriously appreciate you and uh, hey, hey disagree man you know disagree by the way and no no disrespect scott we we changed some of your questions and all 
don't invite me to have any offline conversation. This is a show. I'm not having coffee with nobody about anything. You're just going to, y'all just keep watching my show and give me more numbers, share it, like, <laughs> follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not having any personal conversations about this, to be honest. It's a show. <laughs> I love you, man, but it's all good. Uh, we got anything coming up we need to talk about? Hey, let's talk, let's talk tomorrow. Tomorrow you're... Uh, yeah, I'm talking with the Ladies of Legacy at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Yes, That'll yes. be on my page, uh, uh, Second Baptist. Uh, Charlene Allen, Gwen Morgan, Ellestine Stargell, Wisdom of the Elders. Man, that's going to be good, man. And these ladies are not going to want to tell me nothing. I'm gonna be like, so how did you feel when uh, Dr. King got shot? What you talking about? I wasn't even alive then. <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about? What you talking about? <laughs> All right, y'all. It's been a great time. Love y'all. See you next week. Sunday night service. We'll start on time. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll have a special guest next week. We'll find out who it is. Y'all take care. This is Religiously Incorrect.